Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Dequel Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen, and today I'm going to be doing this alone by myself. This is a day off for Dequel Jackson. He will be back with us on Thursday to talk about the upcoming Titans game and maybe give a little bit of his thoughts on this past Sunday night football But the Indianapolis Colts, who started out the year 0-3, have really made a push these final four games. They're 3-1 in the last four games. And honestly, should be 4-4 if you look at the Ravens game, you know, when they had a 19-point lead in the fourth quarter, and then Lamar Jackson remembered, oh yeah, I know how to throw a football, right? (laughs) The Colts topped. San Francisco 49ers in a monsoon. My goodness, there was so much rain out there. Uh, There was was so much rain out there that they legitimately had twice as many NFL footballs ready to go. Normally, a game has 12 footballs. This game had 24 because they knew they needed it because of the rain. And they topped San Francisco 30-18. And that's with Indianapolis coming out looking bad in the first quarter. I mean, Jimmy G and that running game, Mitchell, they just walked right down the field after the kickoff, scored a touchdown, missed the extra point. Very first offensive play of the game, Jonathan Taylor does something he never does. He fumbled the football. San Francisco got the ball back. Colts held him up. They kicked a field goal. All of a sudden, Colts are looking at a 9-0 deficit right off the bat against the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, by the way, after that, it was all Indianapolis. Uh, Yeah, San Francisco scored that uh, half of their 18 points in the first, like, four minutes of the game. Indianapolis, on the other hand, looked absolutely fantastic. Considering the weather conditions, they were positively fantastic. Carson Wentz was out there, you know, just slinging the ball. I'm going to talk about Carson Wentz a little bit and what he has been, what he has meant to this team, especially now that he's in a role, right? He missed practically all of training camp preseason, as I said, so had no kind of, uh, you know, he wasn't in sync with his receivers. He didn't understand. The offensive line was injured. You know, all that stuff. Because, let's face it, he didn't have any time to practice with anybody. And then, week two, end of the game against the Rams. Rolls both his ankles. All of a sudden, his mobility's taken from him. He don't know what to do. 
You know, he's trying to learn how to play with no no mobility. Next thing you know, we're like, hmm, Colts are 0-3. This ain't looking good. And then you start seeing Carson Wentz get his mobility back. Then you start seeing him start to get a little bit of connection with his wide receivers. We're going to get to one of those in a moment. You start to see him uh, throwing the football well. In this Now, a couple years ago, the Indianapolis Colts had a quarterback by the name of Jacoby Brissett, right? And Jacoby Brissett wasn't necessarily known for throwing the deep ball. You know, he, he, was, he was what we said. He protected the football. He didn't turn the ball over. That was the one good thing. A lot, a lot of Colts fans were okay with Brissett because he didn't give up the football. You know, he didn't throw those interceptions. He was safe with it. And walking into this season, the narrative was Carson Wentz was a turnover machine. A turnover machine. Well, guess what? Do you know who has the best touchdown-interception ratio in the NFL right now? Carson Wentz. That's right. 11 touchdowns, 1 interceptions. But you might say, but Lawrence... He threw an interception in that game yesterday. Technically, he did not. This is why it was taken off the interception. As he was trying to shuffle that pass out to Zach Pascal, who, by the way, was so wide open in the in the end zone right there, running towards the sideline, that, you know, had he got it anywhere near him, that was a guaranteed touchdown. As he was releasing the football, before it got released, a San Francisco defensive player got his hand on the tip of the football and knocked it right out of Carson Wentz's hand. So technically, that went down as a strip sack, which happened to fly through the air and be caught by another def- San Francisco defender. So it was it was marked down as a forced fumble uh, and not an interception. But Lawrence. Carson Wentz had like 15 passes that he threw right to defender. Okay, one thing I will have to say is you're right. I think he had four turnover-worthy plays in this game. But again, we're talking about, and and the majority of those turnover-worthy plays happened in the first half, where there was 20 to 35-mile-an-hour winds with gusts up to 45-mile winds. And and I haven't seen that much rain drop in one area in so long. I mean, yes, it was just a rainstorm, but it was a drenching rainstorm from start to finish. Normally, you can't watch a game and, and see the rain, right? This is a game. They're wearing their all-whites, right? And you could see everything underneath of their jerseys. You could see the pads, uh, their undershirts, everything. Because it was such a drenching rain. So, of course, there is going to be turnover-worthy plays. Of course, there was going to be fumbles. I said this was going to be a sloppy game last week. I knew that. But here's the thing. The difference is, it didn't let Carson Wentz affect his game. Alright? As in, his decision-making. What he was going to do with it. He still threw that ball downfield. In 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts and... And that drenching downpour rain, he still trusted his receivers to make plays down the field. 
and that's what won the game. Yes, Jonathan Taylor had 18 carries for 107 yards and a touchdown. 5.9 yard uh, average? He's starting to creep up there in the, in, in, the, in the rankings right now in the NFL, by the way. But let's go look at Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr., four targets, four catches. Technically, he had more than four targets, but those other targets were discounted because penalties, defensive pass interference penalties, which there was almost 100 yards, right around 100 yards of defensive pass interference penalties because Carson Wentz was throwing it out there. One went to Kiki Kuti, uh, pass interference. One went deep to Michael Pittman, pass interference. But either way, Pittman Jr., four catches, 105 yards, touchdown. Mo Alley-Cox, three catches on three targets, 25 yards, touchdown. That's what I'm talking about. And Carson Wentz has got his mobility back. He's out there juking out the freaking cameraman, a professional NFL cameraman. All right. They're sitting there at the goal line, like, you know, first and goal or something at the at the two-yard line. And it looked like he I, got me because I thought he handed it off to Jonathan Taylor. I was following Jonathan Taylor. He did such a great job of hiding the football, taking off. He fooled everybody, including the San Francisco defense, and got into the end zone, scored a touchdown. So, you know, Carson Wentz responsible for three touchdowns this game. Three. Now I want to get to our second round picks from the 2020 NFL draft, right? Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor. Are they the future of this Colts team? There is no doubt in my mind. In this game, the Indianapolis Colts had just under 300 total offensive yards, right? 295. 295. Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr. was responsible for over two-thirds of those yards. Together, they had a 212 yards and a touchdown each. Let's talk about the season, right? How important has Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor been to the Indianapolis Colts so far this season? Well, let's put a little perspective on it. Because those picks from last year, the Colts this year so far have 2,500 even total team offensive yards. Those two guys, Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor, make up 1,308 of those 2,500 yards. That's over half of this year's total offense is on those two second round picks. All these people out here talking, but Michael Pittman Jr. is not a num- uh, an alpha receiver. He's not that X receiver, you know. He's a high-end number two because he doesn't have the speed to break away. Newsflash, he actually has a quicker, he had a quicker combine than DeAndre Hopkins. He just doesn't look as fast because of his size and his stride, okay? He still has the quickness to get downfield. What makes him an alpha receiver is his ability to track the football, make catches, make those 50-50 catches for sure. 
use his body to box out people? I mean, he's six foot four, two 225 pounds. And he's got great body control. And he's so hard to bring down. Every quarterback in the NFL needs a Michael Pittman Jr. on their team. And right now, Michael Pittman Jr. is doing pretty darn good for himself. Okay? And he's just getting better and better as the season goes on. Carson Wentz is trusting him more and more and more. This is a team that is finally starting to get a little bit healthy and getting on a roll. Let's talk about turnovers. We did say the Colts had some turnovers yesterday. Carson Wentz had two fumbles. One was that that you know shuffle pass that I talked about that was a strip sack that got caught by another guy. The other one was a botched snap. Right, which also happened on San Francisco as well. And that happens when you're under center. That's why Carson Wentz, after that, started taking shotgun uh, snaps because apparently it's a lot easier in the rain to, to take those kind of balls than it is to, to take that handoff under center. Jonathan Taylor had two fumbles. Lost one of them. Wow. Colts had two turnovers this game. Two lost fumbles in this game. But San Francisco, they blew it up. Jimmy Garoppolo had two interceptions. Two. Okay? Jimmy Garoppolo had two fumbles. Lost one. Debo Samuel had a fumble. That was, again, another Darius Leonard peanut punch causing another fumble. Who would have thought that would have happened in... A drenching, slick, nasty, muddy game. Oh, yeah. I said that. I said that. So they gave the ball away four times. Indianapolis gave the ball away twice. Indianapolis is tied for the best team in the NFL with the most forced turnovers in the NFL right now with 16 turnovers. 16. Remember how me and DeQuell were talking earlier this year before the season started? And we were like, well, Darius Leonard, he's talking about, you know, 40, 40 turnovers for the season. And we were laughing. We were like, I don't know if that's ever even been ha- ever even happened. It did in the Legion of Boom days for um, uh, Seattle. It happened 10 years ago uh, where, where they got that many uh, turnovers. But guess what? Right now, with 16 turnovers through seven weeks, they're on pace for 39 turnovers. They're on pace for his prediction. What? That seems unreal. But that's what it is. Yes, this team has its problems. I get it. I understand that there are uh, certain issues with Matt Eberflus's zone defense. I don't like it at times. Some games I like it. Some games I don't. This was a game very smart to to do the wait and react thing. They did bring some heat again. Matt Eberflus is getting a lot more, um, a lot better, I should say, at calling those kind of plays. Uh, Frank Reich, his play calling has just been outstanding these last few weeks. Outstanding. Um, 
And we're going to find out. We are going to find out here in, you know, just a, uh, what, six days? If the Indianapolis Colts have a real shot at this division, because they're going to face the Titans. And like I said, this upcoming show Thursday, that's what that show will be about. But I'm highly impressed with this game. You know, well, it was a slot fest. You can't really take. Yes, you can. You know, Taylor was still able to get over 100 yards rushing. Pittman Jr. didn't drop a football. Oh, my God. Talk about drops. Oh, if Naheem Hines had caught that ball, there was a good chance one move would have got him past that safety because there was plenty of space between him and that safety. And we all know what Naheem Hines can do in the open field. And he dropped that pass by Carson Wentz. That was a beautiful delivered football. Beautifully delivered football. And he dropped it. I can't wait to sit down with DeQuell this Thursday and talk about this game a little bit. But currently right now, I honestly believe that Indianapolis is on the upswing. Yes, they haven't beat Really good teams yet. But they have beaten teams the way they're supposed to beat teams. Bad teams are beaten badly. Right? And that's what good teams are supposed to do. Right? You beat a good team, you beat them bad. And that's what Indy's been doing. Look what they did to the Texans. Look what they did to Miami. Right? You beat the bad teams like they have been beating them. And you make a game out of the good teams. They should have beat the Ravens. They didn't, but it was a damn good game. They should have beaten the Rams. They didn't, but it was a darn good game, right? They legitimately could be 5-2 and two right now, the Indianapolis Colts. They're not. That's not how the final score rolled out, but they should be. So now we're looking at this like, you know what? They're better now than what they were when they faced the Rams. They're better now than when they faced the Ravens. And their tough part of their schedule is behind them. Do they still have some tough games still to play? Absolutely. They got the Titans coming up this week. And then they got three more games they got, you know, I mean, they still have the Cardinals. They still have the Buccaneers. They still have the Bills, right? New England looked pretty good last week, too. They got New England on, you know, this year. We'll see how New England rolls out because they, they're kind of, they started off very similar to how the Colts have started off this year. Um, But that'll always, you know, the New England Colts games are always good down-to-the-wire type games, or New England ends up beating the snot out of us. Hopefully, uh, as a Colt fan, we can turn that around, okay, and maybe go out there and, and put a stomping on somebody. But that's weeks and weeks. That's like a couple months away. So we'll get to that when we get to that. But right now, right now, the NFL should be a little cautious. Because this is a team who's in playoff mode already. 
already. And you can see it in the way they're fighting and finishing games. Right? They're not they're not waiting around getting a lead like they were earlier in the year. You know, like against the Rams or against uh, the Ravens. And and then, you know, playing soft and trying not to lose the, the, the game. They're going out there and putting their foot on putting their feet on the necks of their opponents when they have them. They're putting a chokehold on the games when they have won it. And that's what we need to see. Guys, I appreciate you. I understand, you know, no to quell. Please make sure you go check us out this Thursday as well uh, when we come back and visit this game a little bit with the quell and then talk about the Titans game. Um, make sure you go check out the podcast audio. If you're, if you're watching this live on YouTube, go check out the audio podcast over on believe in Colts on the believe podcast network. And if you're listening to this, obviously, if you're listening to this, please go check me out on YouTube and the believe podcast network on YouTube as well. Don't forget to smash that like button, hit subscribe. If you're not subscribed, tag that notification bell, hit the share button. Make sure you download this if you haven't downloaded and check out past podcasts as well. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. This is Believe in Colts. And as usual, go Colts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.